0: Get ready to meet The Cage, a thriving online community of BDSM enthusiasts from around the world, managed by kinky people for kinky people.
1: There's loads to explore on The Cage. Browse local member profiles, chat with new people, or sift through hundreds of personal blogs with fresh content published
0: by members around the clock. You'll also find lively discussion boards with great topics, diverse profiles, and personal ads of all orientations and persuasions. Plus, a handy BDSM podcast directory and... BDSM events calendars.
1: Register now and you will get two weeks of free premium membership.
0: This is an all-access pass to everything. No strings attached, no credit card required. Just use the promo code EROTIC21 when you register and premium will be activated instantly. Drop on by now and discover
1: a BDSM community like no other. Find your kind of fun inside the cage. That's T-H-E-C-A-G-E
0: dot C-O This week on Erotic Awakening, what you didn't learn in sex ed, anal training, and the sexy Krispy Kreme.
1: Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right
0: now. The Erotic Awakening Podcast is grateful to the support of our patrons who receive ad-free early access to podcast as well as other perks. Thank you to all of our supporters. Hi, hey, Dawn. Hi, Dan. How are you this fine day? I'm actually
1: pretty good, except for we did something this morning we don't usually do,
0: and <laughs> I'm kind of
1: disappointed and regretting it. So
0: you well, There are a couple of things we don't do. So <laughs> yesterday we had a fantastic day of exploring around. Oh we, yeah,
1: we went down to St. Helena and the place
0: where they filmed, um,
1: oh shit, Forrest Gump mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So that was cool. We're in, we're in the RV in South
0: Carolina right now. Poked around the beach and the all that beach. kind of stuff. And we actually accidentally did the uh, OMAD, which is one meal a day. We
1: did. We did. So we only had one meal. We were too busy trying to do things before the sun went down at 5.30. <laughs>
0: So we woke up and did something completely unsexy, but yummy sounding. We went to Waffle House. They were too busy. So we m- made the mistake of going to McDonald's. Now, I always used to say, I, I don't eat at McDonald's. We don't. We don't do fast food. for their breakfast. Right. And now their breakfast tastes like the rest of McDonald's, which is not to my personal liking. No,
1: that was not good at all.
0: No, uh, that's got nothing to do with today's show, though. Fortunately, <laughs> uh, today on the podcast we are going to be talking about the things you didn't learn in sex ed. Uh, we are going to mention some anal training, and I actually remembered something about anal training. I haven't found any Krispy creams in the state that we are currently in. I did. Oh. I read. I oh, I need to take you up to Columbia. So I've been finding
1: traking recumbent traking paths. And walking paths and labyrinths and things like that. And I think it was in Colombia that I went by a Krispy Kreme that was like five times as big as the one you used to really? go to in Columbus. Was the light on? And the light was on. Oh, <laughs> you bastard.
0: Uh, for those that don't live in the US or don't know what a Krispy Kreme is.
1: It's a donut it. We'll yeah, we'll and get to the
0: anal sex in a moment. The Just light on. is
1: on. It means hot
0: donuts. So, Don, recently we have been talking about the 239 fetishes list that we found on Bad Girl Bible. And one of the fun things is we keep running into and uh, you and I've been doing this for 20 years. We're still in the A's and we are still running into all these things we've never heard of before. That's kind of cool, actually. It is kind of cool, but it makes me wonder what we didn't learn in sex ed that we might have. Fortunately, on the podcast tonight, we are joined by presenter and friend of the show, Bex, who is going to tell us all the things we didn't learn in sex ed. Thanks for being on the show, Bex. Thanks for
2: having me. I'm so excited to get to talk to you all. And now craving Krispy Kreme donuts. Yeah.
0: (laughs) What part of the You're uh, US based? Is that correct? Yes,
2: yeah I'm in Philly I moved here during the pandemic though I was I've been a New Yorker For the past like Five, six years
0: Nice, nice Yeah We're not going to turn this Into a food podcast Because I could talk uh, Philly Philly steak And Mm -hmm. New York pizza Mm -hmm. All day long Mm -hmm. Dan
1: needs to live Right outside of Philly On the high speed line Oh, Nice he lived in Jersey right yeah. off the high speed line. So he could like zip into Philly and do the things. Eat yeah. The things.
0: This show is sponsored by Too Much Coffee. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Bex, one of the classes that you teach is called What You Didn't Learn in Sex Ed. Tell yes. me a little bit.
2: Well, so this class was actually born out of, uh, I mentioned I used to live in New York City. While I was up there, I spent a lot of time working in sex toy retail. And this class is born out of the conversations I would find myself having every day in the sex shop of things that for me as a sex educator... Feel like just entry level conversations around sexual pleasure as an adult that we are not giving people in school. So they, and we're not giving people very many safe places to ask about them. Uh, So one of the places they often would come into the is to these education focused sex toy shops. Uh, And I would have these conversations about things as simple as like, hey, sex is supposed to feel good. And these are the things that you can do to help that happen. Like you are allowed to ask for the things that make this feel good. And here's how you can do that. And things like that.
1: So, and it's really surprising because I was going to jokingly say, you know, tell us what we didn't learn in sex ed. Because here (laughs) in America, our sex ed classes are just so phenomenal, right?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, not so much.
1: At the space, we had someone come in to teach women about vulvas. Mm. And you would be surprised, we advertised it everywhere. So some people were from the vanilla community, not just a FET community. Right. And you would be surprised how many people did not know what constituted the vulva, that mm-hmm. the clitoris was bigger than the little external piece, mm-hmm. that people looked different, you know, all this yeah. stuff. It was very surprising. So, you know, this is, this is awesome that you get to share this.
2: Yeah, one of the first things I talk about in the class is a section I call pleasure-based anatomy because when I think back on what I was taught in my like high school sex ed class, we spent like a ton of time on like my fallopian tubes and my uterus and the thing is I don't I they haven't come up all of that often in my adult right. life. However, like the clitoris encounter that all the fucking time. That is a major major part of my life and we didn't talk about it at all.
1: Yep, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm much older than you, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. So most of our sex ed class was the videos on VD, is what we called it at Mm -hmm. the time, and um, not to wear short skirts. So Mm -hmm.
0: okay, all right. (laughs) So what would you? What is like the most common question that you get? uh, That that is surprising that you get.
2: Well, so this is a question that comes in a lot of forms. Um, but the most common question that I get is, am I normal or is this normal? And 90% of the time, the answer is yeah, more than 90% of the time. Right. And the time, like the, the rest of the time, the answer is what is normal. There are other people like you, that's what matters. Um, right. But so often the question is like, This thing is happening, and I haven't talked to anyone about it. Or I kind of want to do this thing, and I can't imagine anyone ever wanting to do this thing with me. Do other people like this? And like sometimes the thing is butt stuff. So, like, the answer is yes, definitely. There are people in the world who like this thing. Uh, But the biggest question I get, especially in the conversations that helped to inform this workshop is just, is it okay to like this thing? So a huge chunk of this workshop is just kind of a guided tour through like the many things. It's like the highlight reel of my tips for the many things two people can just enjoy doing together or three people or more people. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really just a huge permission slip to have fun with your sex life in whatever way sounds appealing
0: very cool if i'm i'm going to temporarily put you in charge of the entire world
2: <laughs> oh i don't want that responsibility i don't know about all that
0: <laughs> specifically so right now sex ed is is something that happens in high school mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. And, and to be honest, like Don said, it's been a long time since Don and I were in high school. When we were in school, uh, we could still play games like Smear the Queer, mm-hmm. in the, right? And everybody's like, oh, that's fine. You know, it was a great um, rag on somebody to say, oh, what are you, gay or something? And went, oh, mm-hmm. no, not me. So it's a very different world than when Don and I was Goodness. there, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Absolutely now that you're in charge of sex ed Mm -hmm. is high school still the place to be teaching this stuff or are we just those guys and girls just aren't ready for it you tell me you're in charge
2: so i would actually argue i think the opposite of what you're getting at um sex ed and i think sex ed we should start like quite young and i think when i'm saying that i'm also expanding the definition of what sex ed is your body is your body and you get to choose how people touch it i can teach a six-year-old that i can teach a four-year-old that right to say i don't want a hug right now right talking about things like <laughs> gender is a spectrum you're allowed to engage with it in ways that feel rewarding to you in things. I can talk to a third grader about that, right? I can say, you know, we're not going to make fun of this person who you thought was a boy who's wearing a dress today because, like, we're allowed to do that, right? And I think all of that is part of building up sex ed because a lot of this is just things around confidence in your own bodily autonomy and recognizing what feels good in your body and talking to people about it. And those are things we can instill real young. And as kids are growing up, we can just create space for them to be curious about these things. And as they grow older and if they choose to, you know, go deeper and explore more of these things, that's great. But I think setting them up to like, I don't know, things become so much scarier when you have to sit down and reveal them through one big serious conversation of this is the sex ed talk versus like, no, these are just principles of pleasure and autonomy and consent that we can just instill in, the chil- in children as we're raising them and help them learn to value these things.
0: What are the things we see at, again, when Dawn and I were younglings, at <laughs> the college level, our sex ed took a new turn because people did have permission to be different. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think that that seems to be happening now at a high school level as well. Mm-hmm. There are in, in our local high schools, um, LGBT groups within the high school and sanctioned by. the high, and, and again, mm-hmm. depending on where you are in the world or the United States, this may or may not be a thing, but certainly right. it's true in some parts. Right. What do you think is our that next step? obviously neither one of those got to the point where a person was got what they needed to before they came in to said, "Hey, I like having things shoved in my butt. Is that okay?" <laughs> other layer of education that we need to get in there. Being in charge <laughs> is hard. <Ugh. laughs> right. So
2: you're saying in terms of like what else do we need to add to the like current curriculum now that we have like yep. Yeah, I mean, I think it is just like, well, first of all, the current curriculum, like you were saying, does not exist everywhere universally, right? I had a, um, like, GSA, Gay Straight Alliance, in my high school. I was in New York. Not every school had those. Um so, I think part of it is looking at like, not right now, not even every state requires that the sex ed that they teach be based in science. Like, <laughs> it, it is just in the law that, like, there is no requirement for it to be based in any sort of scientific understanding. So, like, baseline, let's maybe get across the board, us looking at a standard of education um, that just represents what the scientific community respects as truth. And then we can talk about getting to, I don't know, what something even better than that looks like.
1: So agreed. (laughs) And start earlier. Like you said, I totally agree with that. Because I know Dan's saying high school and college, but shit, some of us are already having sex in high school and we don't have all the knowledge we need on how to protect ourselves or consent, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Right. I don't remember consent being mentioned at all when any of my classes or stuff like that. And, uh, you know, and okay. Like I said, I think you're younger than I am. You know, this was back in the eighties, which Mm -hmm. I still think was yesterday. (laughs) Um, but, um, you would think we would have been more progressive, but hell, there's states right now that aren't progressive. Mm -hmm. So they're Mm -hmm. they're either teaching nothing or I'm going to quote, wrong things right but mm-hmm. i have the wrong things it's the only option stuff like that so mm-hmm. you know in charge i think i think you've got man you could just start from the beginning
0: right <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen by chance the movie the secretary
2: ah i am familiar with it i have not seen it in full. how
0: about, how about 50 shades of gray
2: i yes I, that one i have seen in full. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Visual. Our people yes. can't see the visual. We can see your visual. So. Yes. Look on your face. <laughs> do you think
0: that movies like that, like Fifty Shades of Grey, and, and we don't have to get into the. Uh, Was it
1: well written or well written? Yeah. Right.
0: But do you think movies like that are valuable for sex ed in that they give people at least some options, some ideas of things that they might be willing to have conversations about.
2: So yes and no. Um, I worked in sex toy retail during the peak of the 50 shades craze. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I loved how many people came to me and were like, I saw 50 shades. I'm curious about this kink thing or 50 shades being in the world allowed me to talk to my partner about this thing. I've been curious about for a minute because we walked past that poster and I could be like, Hey, you ever think about that thing or whatever? Right. Um, loved that. Love it as a um, conversation starter. Love bringing it to the forefront of like us as a culture. Didn't so much love the number of people that came in asking for uh, kegel boils to do things that they don't do because the way she wrote the book, just described these toys as a magical thing that they are not right. Um, Don't love the way it made kink more about control than about intimacy, right? The ways it didn't bring communication to the forefront. It didn't acknowledge and play with power dynamics in the way that I'm drawn to kink. Like I love talking about power dynamics and seeing how we turn them on our head and playing with them in creative ways where Fifty Shades just kind of lets those power dynamics stay ingrained in, the dynamic, in their relationship in an unhealthy way. So I loved that it was a uh, opportunity for us culturally to start talking about these things that I fucking love talking about. That's why it's my job. Um, But I wish we had had a slightly better role model um, of an example, make it all the way into the mainstream.
0: Very cool. That's a a great response. I mean, um, I hate to see people just, just ignoring or despairing disparagingly—that's a special podcast word I just made up. The whole 50-day thing, right? Because yeah, like like you said, it brought people in, and maybe only one out of ten stayed, but that one out of ten found home that they didn't know existed.
2: Right. I don't care how you get here. I care what you do when you stick around.
1: Exactly. Right. And it, and it gave us a language.
2: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: so the language is more mainstream, so we can start conversations. And honestly. It we like I said we were directors of the Columbus Space in Columbus for mm. almost six years, um, which was a hu- we turned into a huge Kink Community Center, and um, the person that helped us finance that did it because of Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm. She wanted a place mm-hmm. to go to so that she could play this stuff out. She found us as leaders, and we created this thing, and you know, so it's it's fabulous. So, yeah. um, so. What we haven't learned in sex ed. So what I've heard so far is that you would like to start things earlier Mm -hmm. and have at least a pleasure conversation out of it. Yeah. So how to bring pleasure into our sex, not just literally, I swear, the stuff that we were taught was how not to be right and Mm -hmm. don't have sex because you could get this thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So basically that was ours. So if you bring it more pleasure centered, holy cow, that's going to scare the shit out of people, parents. Right, right. Right. So what else, I got those two things, what else did we not learn in sex ed?
2: So when we're talking about pleasure, that unlocks a lot of things. Um, So when we're talking about the more practical things that I teach in this workshop that like obviously it would be pretty radical to include in uh, current sex ed, but I do think our kind of basic core pieces of a primer of like, how to have a good and fulfilling sex life as an adult um, are things around how to like safely purchase and shop for sex toys and what you're looking for in those, as well as uh, positioning and what I call sex physics, um, which is basically just thinking creatively about the way you and your partner's bodies fit together and actually using that to uh, increase what feels good. So real basic, if we're talking about uh, a dick that has a curve and you position yourself so that curve is pointing towards your G-spot, it's probably gonna feel better, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not a thing people tend to think about naturally. So simply saying like, hey, if you have a curve pointed towards the belly button, doesn't matter what hole it's in pointing that curve towards a belly button in any body is gonna feel good right it's or it's likely to feel good obviously everybody is different but uh simple things like hey you can you don't have to do the positions that look hot on tv you can do the positions that fit well for your body and feels the best and here are little tricks on thinking creatively about that Things like that, I think, are little foundational tools that help people build a really fulfilling sex life.
0: Very cool. Uh, one more question for you, if you don't mind. Yeah. So you've been um, teaching sex ed in uh, virtually and in real time. You have mm-hmm. a new uh, online class. For, yes. Remind me what the name of that is.
2: It's called Better Bottoming for Submissives.
0: Thank you. Um, what do you see the role, your personal role, not the role of general sex educators, but you as a sex educator, mm-hmm. What? what is your role in all of this? You found, I mean, we all agree that there's some things lacking.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so what's your spot in all that?
2: Yeah, well, I mean... First of all, I try to create inclusive education. I am a queer trans poly guy. So I speak from that perspective and I try to be inclusive in the ways that I talk about things that shouldn't make me unique in the industry. Sometimes it does. Um, but that shouldn't be my unique selling point. I'm going to mention it anyway though. Uh, but I do think the thing that I bring to classes that I am most proud of is, uh, I like to, when I'm talking about a topic, no matter the topic, I like to get past the what of what you're doing and think about the why. So I spend a lot of time doing that, particularly in this submissive workshop. Um, But I spend a lot lot of time talking about the soft skills and the introspective things and getting thoughtful and curious and creative about your sex and kink life. Um, And then so that you can take those tools and build the sex life you want out of them. I'm not interested in giving you like prescriptive tips on you do this and then that, and then this other thing and it'll get your partner off. Like I don't have the Konami code to your partner's genitals. I'm more interested in giving you skills that you can use to build a sex life. That's really fun for you.
1: Very cool. Very cool. I'm hearing mindfulness over skills, which is what i talk about in blowjobs.
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. Oh, fantastic.
0: Where where can people find out more about the classes you teach, how to get a hold of you, or that uh, new video course that you're offering?
2: Yeah, so I'm Bex Talk Sex online. You can find me at BextalkSex Sex on Twitter or at BexTalkSex.com. BexTalkSex.com has all my links to my workshops. I have them scheduled live on Zoom once a week. Um, I believe they're going to be every Wednesday moving forward. So you should be able to find all that information there. Uh, I also have the pre recorded online course. You can see that right in the header. It says online courses. Click that and check that out. So that's my better bottoming for submissives course. And then every Every week, I host a podcast on sex dating and masturbating and kink, but doesn't rhyme as much, uh, called The Dildorks with my best friend, Kate Sloan, and that comes out every Tuesday.
0: Very cool. Awesome. awesome. Very cool. So hang out with us for a little bit. We're going to wrap up this show. Uh, yeah. We're going to actually ask you a question in just a moment. Dawn, You and I, are finally, the calendars are opening up. We're going to be in South Carolina presenting. We're going to be in Rhode Rhode Island Island. presenting. We're going to be in Chicago presenting. I am not going to go look. I'm not going to break into the RV, hack your computer, and figure out where you're presenting. What's my other option?
1: (laughs) The other option is to uh, sign up for our newsletter. So keep up with all of our events, the book news, discounts, and more and get the newsletter directly to your email box and you get your awesome ea shout out like ramaya from virginia i hope i pronounced that right
0: and marcy from here in south carolina marcy why aren't we having coffee together right now we're both in the same
1: state awesome so head over to eroticawakening.com and subscribe today
0: so as people who have been listening know we've been going through the bad girl bible list of kinks and fetishes uh, Bex, we have three kinks and or fetishes here. Would you like to talk about one of them?
2: I would love to.
0: Well, you say that now, but wait till you find out what they are. Really? And I'm going to randomly assign you one. Pick a number one, two, or three. Three. Three it is. I can't say that word, but we'll get there. Don, <laughs> yes? you're going to get number one. How do you feel about anal toys worn under the clothing? Ooh. And this is specifically a fetish for using wearing anal toys such as butt plugs during the day, not just for sex it could be a power exchange thing could just be something you're trying to do
1: I actually like that idea, and I like the whole power exchangey part of it and and things like that but um i i I have to admit that I have done it once before on my own. And I think there's a thing about leaving them in too long. Mm -hmm. So be very careful with how long you leave things in your butt for. But I kind of like it. I like the whole, I like the naughtiness of it that no one knows what it is that I'm doing under my clothes. And I'm walking around in an environment where they don't need to know, obviously, but I'm doing something personally sexy.
0: Is it an erotic feeling itself or is it, it I, depends, I hear what you're it saying. It depends on the item. Okay, fair, that's a great <laughs> answer. It depends on the
1: item. So sometimes it can be, I'm gonna go with smaller is more comfortable mm-hmm. if you're wearing it for a, a prolonged period of time or walking around or sitting and standing and walking and moving, so.
2: Am I allowed to give a recommendation for this?
1: Do. Oh,
2: absolutely! My, so my favorite toy for this is the enjoy pure plug, which comes in a lot of different sizes. The reason I like it so much more than any other butt plug, because I've done a lot of this for power exchange reasons. One, it's metal. So the lube stays on it longer and it stays slippery longer. Doesn't get that dried out chafing feeling that I get with silicone toys because it's metal. It is also heavy. So if I'm wearing it for a little while, it stays present. I don't necessarily feel it every second that I'm wearing it. But if I like stand up too quick or I'm like moving some way or something, I can feel it shift because it has that extra weight to it. And I feel it shift and have that moment of like, oh, I'm doing a thing. Ha. Yeah. Right. Okay. Or I sit down on the, th- on the subway and get the like, and it's like, oh, ha. right. I'm doing the thing. <laughs> um. So that's fun and nice, Um, but that is my personal favorite toy for this.
0: Very cool. I might have to try that out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dawn, you're asking me about number
1: two. I'm also writing down hashtags, butt plug. (laughs) Yes. Cool. All right, so number two is for you, Dan. So what about anal training, which is the practice of preparing one's anus for inserting large items?
0: I am not personally a fan of my own anus being trained for anything It's already got a job and it does it well. As far as anal training for other people, it's really interesting. And this is actually because of that first comment. You and I for uh, many years ago had a relationship with uh, a rope slut. Oh yeah. yeah. And we bought them a, um, an anal training kit. Which was a variety of anal plugs that got bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. And we never used it. Mm -hmm. Um, What I find for me, I am not a fan of anal training because I do not partake in anal training. Therefore, I can't really wrap my head around what it's like for you to be doing anal training. And because I know it done wrong could cause a medical issue, Mm -hmm. I leave it alone. Right. Like, I don't like being flogged, but I can take a, fl- but I've been flogged. Right. And I can take my own flogger and swack myself and say, Oh, I know what this feels like. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's something that because I don't practice it on myself, I'm just not comfortable practicing it on anyone else. Okay. Well, I can
1: see that. I can see that. Makes sense. So, but uh, I've had a, a, hmm anal training. I can remember years ago looking for an anal training kit. Right. Just because I, I like anal play. Right. So I want to get to the bigger. But what I have found, and this could be different for everybody. What I have found, though, is that just because you practice and you get to the bigger. Doesn't mean that's going to be helpful the next time around if you go straight to bigger. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's been like, oh, been through this training, you know, weeks and weeks later, go for the bigger. Oh, wait,
2: (laughs) I compare it to like marathon runners and stuff. Like if I try to run a marathon today, I don't I don't run, it would take me so long to warm up to like a marathon and maybe that's like that biggest toy in the kit. But even if I went up to a marathon runner and said, hey, you're running a marathon next week, like he's still going to practice this week, like he's still going to warm, he's still going to, so like no matter how practiced you are at butt stuff, you still probably need a few minutes of warm up in like different toys and things, right? Right,
1: Right. just because you've gone to bigger
0: doesn't mean you will always be at (laughs) bigger. Right, and doesn't
2: mean you can go straight there.
0: If I meet somebody on OkCupid okay that says, I like anal play, don't shove a wine bottle right in there.
2: I could yeah, start. no, maybe talk to him about it. I don't know, just a thought. Whatever.
0: <laughs> All, right, All right, Bex. So, so off of anal. We're
1: yes, we're actually it through it, the A's actually, for, yes, anal. Off for anal. Off
0: uh, anal. Bex, we're going to ask you about, and apologize if I get this. This is a big, long, smart
1: word. Anything that's philia usually has a long word in front of it. This is mm-hmm.
0: honestemphilia. A fetish for people over extreme sizes, i.e. a giant or a dwarf, can be used to refer to attraction to partners of different heights, especially if they're gigantic or tiny. Anistophilia. Anistemophilia.
2: Interesting.
1: See? One of those I've never
2: heard before. Right! I mean, like, size kink is trendy on Twitter right now. I know from, like, porn Twitter. Um... Which I, not really my thing. I don't, I am 5'3. So I am the tiny one if people are into that. And like, there is certainly something appealing about people who can like pick me up and throw me around. Um, but that's more of a practical thing. Like, I'm like, ah, you are large enough to do that. How convenient. Um, <laughs> the only version of this that I think I have. Or that, like, the first thing that is coming to mind that I have particularly enjoyed is, um, like, animated or, like, cartoon porn with, like, fantasy theming, where someone could be absurdly tiny compared to someone really large, um, or vice versa, which is fun and interesting um especially because I am a fisting bottom or I just enjoy particularly large toys and things like that so when you really when you take the size difference and like make it really dramatic and out of proportion you can play with these ideas of like stretching people out and being you know having to take a whole lot which is things that I enjoy and fisting and things like that um so yeah, I think that's probably the closest I've done to playing with something like this. But it's interesting to have a word for it.
1: I totally get that, right? That that rolls right into our tentacle sex
2: section mm.
1: here, right? Because tentacles can be any size. They can do yeah. anything that if you really look at anatomy is not possible. So, or the bondage fairies, mm. uh, comic book that I used to collect the bondage Ooh. fairies, they're little and they, Yes, yeah, so
2: that's <laughs> that's so cute.
0: For those who uh, can't see the video because there is no video, Dawn's doing this little. They can get into places this symbol with her hand. Mm. Actually, the reality is, if you go back, if you hop over to the Erotic Awakening um, website, we did an episode on giganticism oh, as did, a fetish some yeah. years ago.
1: Yeah, so, so they were they were into very tall women. Mm. So Mm -hmm. and that was that's that's really cool. All right. So let's roll over into tentacles because I have some. Um, So a lot of podcasters know that I am into the tentacle sex. A lot of
0: podcast listeners. 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 I don't know that that other podcasters podcasters know that. (laughs) That is true.
1: (laughs) So, uh, but Bex might not know this. So I am into the tentacle sex. And whenever people see tentacles at this point, they will send me pictures of all this stuff. And especially on our discord channel, because we have a not safe for work section for for our patrons who will send me some stuff. So Ohio Hedgehog, which has been a listener for a long time. Oh, sent me a beautiful piece of artwork. It's women, naked women in a pond, in a cave. And the tentacles are coming up from the water and you can tell the tentacles are being controlled, being controlled by a goddess sitting over on the side. So that's just really cool. And Love that. The, in the middle. Yeah. The one in the middle looks like she's being fisted with the tentacle. And it's, oh, it's gorgeous. Oh, it's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. So that was a uh, thank you, Ohio hedgehog. Um, we will have lunch the next time I'm in Columbus. Um, on discord from Travair, it's, Oh my gosh, he's been all about the octopuses and starfishes. <laughs> so he sent a picture of like starfishes on this girl's boobs, and someone pointed out that starfish can have little beaks, Ooh. little hooks in their mouth. So he mentioned um, that makes the little mermaid take on a whole new meaning because now you're going to picture her starfish bra. Oh. <laughs> but it's okay. And then um, Minotaurus sent us the USS Enterprise. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's the 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 Enterprise, but it's got tentacles. <laughs> it's the Enterprise. Nice. So that's and awesome. Strikes multiple areas. And me. then a Trever has been going through his collection of uh, tentacle pictures for me and has come across candlesticks and sconces and all kinds of stuff. We don't have room for it in the RV right now, but I'll have to think about if we ever go back to a sticks and bricks. Mm-hmm. Mm. But um, the other thing that he sent was a picture, and it's got to be a joke. It's got to be a joke, of the KY Jelly mm-hmm. that is titled Krispy Kreme. <laughs> Whole Glaze. <laughs> and their little title line, their, their little uh, uh advertising line is Warm and Sticky.
0: Oh, so Now
1: when you think of Krispy Cream Donuts, you can think of KY Lube, Warm and Sticky.
0: Or the next time I'm rimming somebody, I can think about, well, this needs sugar.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. No, something else to teach in sex ed. Yes. No, sugar. <laughs> no, sugar. no sugar. No whipped cream. No <laughs> no popsicles yes we learned that i I actually i had to learn that actually Uh,
0: (laughs) sidebar uh ea 507 gigantris fetish with miss mckenzie we did back in uh last december of 16 of 19 i apologize for people that are interested in that kind of thing awesome so
1: Instagram. We have been sending out the Instagram stuff. So So
0: earlier, Bex, you were talking about doing what's, side note, this just indicates our age range difference. You (laughs) use a term called porn that's trending on Twitter? Yes. I don't know two of those words. I understand (laughs) porn, but... the, uh, the. Things that, uh, okay.
1: I try to use Twitter. I still haven't figured it out. So Instagram, Mm. I need to send pictures. Yay. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. so anybody that's been following our RV uh, journey around the country for the last couple of months. You will definitely get pictures on our Instagram of that. You get pictures of our dog. You get pictures of the foods that we're eating. um, All that type of stuff. I swear I would put some sexy pics on there at some point. But um, yesterday was too cold.
0: If you want to see,
1: <laughs> it was it was it was cold on the beach anyway.
0: If you want to see hot bodies doing naughty things, you can go trend on Twitter.
2: Uh, <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Instagram doesn't not love the hot stuff too much. That's why I spent my time on Twitter. I'm allowed to post my dick over there. They don't. Instagram gets gets salty if I post my well,
1: dick. Why online. can't I find it? I can, I can figure out how to post to Twitter, but damn, if I can find anything
2: yeah no that's certainly true i see instagram makes me feel like an old man so it's also just and i'm i'm 30 and i like i'm still on instagram i'm like why would they change it i don't i haven't been here in a few years i don't like it i'm going back to twitter
1: so <laughs> oh, i'm with you about changing applications holy cow one of my pet
0: peeves but beside the point <laughs> Take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen.
1: Or just tell your friends.
0: Feel free to reach out to us. We love interacting with you. Contact
1: us with questions, podcast comments, or just to say hi.
0: You can find us as Dane and Dawn at thecage.co, FetLife, or apparently, we're there on Twitter. We are. We are. (laughs) And we are Erotic Awakening on Instagram. Use the links from the Erotic Awakening website for Facebook and Discord.
1: Or just email us at dananddawn at eroticawakening.com. Bye Dawn. Bye Dan. Bye Bex. Bye Bex.
2: Bye.